0: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Welcome to another Service Management Leadership Podcast. I have David Cannon back with us. David's been on a lot with us. David, are you doing all right today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeffrey. I hope you are too.
0: Yes, it's uh, I enjoy having these conversations. So you and I have talked off the air. We've met in person and you told me your story of how you got into service management and ITIL. And I thought it'd be great for you to share that story just to help others because you don't go to college to be, I want to be a service management person. You, you know, what I mean like the college uh IT professions they come out are very technical. And what we do is is not. So tell us your story. I think everybody would love to hear it.
1: Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun story. It, it wasn't fun at the time. I, I have to say, it was one of those where you you're not sure where things are going to go. But so so this is this is what happened. I um, I left school. Did uh, of course back in South Africa. That's where I grew up. And uh, South Africa back in those days, we we had to do military training for two years. It, you know, it was compulsory the national service. So I did that. Finished that. But uh, I had in mind, I was going to uh, study and become a minister. I was in the Methodist church, and uh, I did a degree, a, a Bachelor of Theology is my first degree. Uh, about five years later, much to everybody's relief, um, I left the church. And, uh, so. But what I really wanted to do, I, you know, I, I, I thought about it a while, and I thought, you know, what does a person with a bachelor of theology do? There's, there's really not much they can go into. And I, I thought about it a lot, and I said, well, I work with people. So what I really want to do is I want to become an HR manager. Um, right? I, you know, I had this idealized picture of HR in my mind. And I said, I really want to become an HR manager, and I, I looked for a job. I couldn't find one, and nobody wanted to hire an ex minister. I mean, you know, th- that that was it. Uh, so eventually, somebody took a chance. It was a shipping company. You know, one of those big container ship li- shipping yep. lines, one of the biggest in the world. They had a job opening from export clerk, which basically meant, and this was back in the, in the 80s, basically meant you had a paper spreadsheet and you would take bookings. So what kind of container, what kind of cargo, Get the bill of lading prepared. Make sure the container was positioned to the customer. That was that was my job, and you know, I, I, it was a stepping stone for me. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I kind of enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And uh, an opening came up for um, for the HR director for the region. I said, "That this is it. I'm going to apply." Well, the uh, the managing director looked at me and he said no, you're not gonna be in HR. I think he must've known me pretty well. He said, you're not gonna do well in HR. I'm not gonna give you the job. And I was so disappointed. I didn't know what to do. Just at that time, they came out with this, uh, somebody in the organization bought a PC. It was an old uh, XT, I think, IBM XT. It had a 20 megabyte floppy disk drive. It was amazing.
0: I remember those.
1: Yeah. I learned Lotus One Two Three version 1.1. And I took all of my bookings on my paper spreadsheet and put it into the computer. Within a couple of months, the managing director came to me and said, you know computers, right? I said, well, yeah, I did my spreadsheets on this PC. He said, well, our regional system manager just resigned and you're it. (laughs) but I don't know anything about this. This is a Vax VMS. Who knows anything about Vax VMS? Well, turns out I got to know it pretty well. So I got the job um, as kind of the the system manager, the system administrator um, managing this Vax environment. And um, it was really difficult. I didn't know what I was doing for most of the time. And, um, you know, I, to the point where I, I was, I pulled the mattress into the data center because I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I did that for six months until I kind of figured out what was going on and automated a lot of the operational activities. And, um, you know, while I was doing this, I was learning all about how to manage systems. And I was the help desk. I was the the operator. I was the system administrator. I was the, the application maintainer. I was the telecommunications expert. Uh, yeah, it was all of this stuff. And it was challenging, but really interesting work. I didn't think, you know, totally by mistake. I would never in a million years have seen myself in that role had I not been pushed into it. And I, I knew I wouldn't get another job if I'd left there. So I just stuck with it. Well, after a while, uh, I kind of got started missing the people aspect because I was buried in the data center so much. And I started teaching at a community college nearby, uh, management, (laughs) which I was kind of getting some experience on. And one of the third-party vendors came to me and said, uh, you know, they were selling us disk defragmentation software for VMS. Said to me, okay, you, you can do VMS system management, right? I said, yeah, I can do that well we have an opening for a system engineer Ooh, system engineer that sounds exciting so i said i'm going to apply for that job i did and they said well we like we like you for this but have you ever done any training i said yes i teach at the community college they said oh that's that's great um, are you any good i said yeah of course <laughs> you know, i am. say when you're in your 20s you know yeah um, so they said well we've heard of this thing called idle have you ever heard of it and i said no They said, well, we met somebody in the UK in a pub and they were talking to us about ITIL and we think it's a pretty good idea. Take a look at this and tell me what you think. Well, I started reading, it was version one. Version one had not even been completed yet. This was in, um, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And I took a look at it and I said, oh, this is really interesting stuff. And they said, well, we want to start training this material uh, because we think there's a big need for it in the country. I said, sure, count me in and I'm up for a challenge. Went in, took the job, not realizing what I was getting into. It's like a lifelong lifelong disease. In the meantime, I was studying, because I still had in the back of my mind, I'm going to go into HR. I started studying uh, industrial psychology and industrial sociology. Uh, That was my second degree. And um, realized that what I was studying was not technical at all. It had everything to do with the behavior of people, uh, with their interaction with technology, with their interaction with each other, with different parts of organizations, um, collaborating or in conflict with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's what this was all about. And I suddenly realized, wow, this is, this is very pertinent to what I'm studying, even though it's, got, it's not directly related at all. So I, I really started getting into this. And I can tell you, I was, uh, you know, I was was pretty good at VMS back in those days, but I was not good at anything else. Um, And I started teaching people who had come out of a mainframe world. Then there were people who came out of a client server world. And they were telling me things that I didn't understand. So I learned very early on that sometimes when you're an instructor, just say what you have to say, then shut up and listen. Ask a lot of questions and people will teach you. And I learned so much about other types of technology and the challenges they were facing and realized yeah. these challenges are all similar. Mm-hmm. So started using this and we went into consulting. Um, by the way, my, uh, we were very early in the game. We heard of this and it was purely by chance that someone was having a drink with someone in a pub and uh, they put me through the training course and uh, my certificate number is 345. Wow. My ITIL certificate number is 345. Wow. That's how early it was. Wow. Um, so we got into it, and that's, that's how I started. Well, I soon realized, uh, not, not understanding, uh, at that point, I had never been out of South Africa, never left the country. I was in my late 20s. Um, I took this exam in my early 30s, and that's, and that's when I started traveling. My, one of my first trips was to London, so that I could go and visit the people who had written the books. And um, it, it was an eye opener to me that here I thought I was learning something that was well established in the world, and turns out it wasn't. That that everybody in organizations around the world was experiencing these issues. And when I took the, the exam for the first time, I mean, my, my first words, I wish I had this while I was in my job, in my previous job. And, um, you know, so so I realized there were a lot of people like me. Yes. So I started traveling across to the States. 98 was when we ran our first public scheduled class in Florida. Wow. I believe that it was the first publicly scheduled class for ITL in the States um <clears throat> on that course were three past presidents of the ITSMF USA and uh so got friendly with one of them and we um started a business together here in the US i had a choice i could go to the uk or i could go to the us uh, after immigrating from south africa and i thought you know what the us I, i've heard it's the land of opportunity i've heard that you can make something of yourself here that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be one of the 355 people who had the certificate in the UK. I wanted to be the one who had the certificate in the USA. And that's what I did. Um, so we started training. Um, HP bought our company after two years. And I worked for HP for, for several years. And HP at that point was just trying to get this established as a core competency for consultants and, and um. Uh, various other categories of uh, of employee, and um, so they invested in a big way, and I was involved in that. This is part of that. That um, um, soon after I joined, <clears throat> HP said, "Have you heard? They're going to write uh, another version of ITIL." Well, version two was already out by the this stages this in two thousand and four. Version two was already out. Uh, they're going to write version three. I said, oh, okay. Interesting. They said, well, we we want to be sure that we get our name in the book. So we're having five teams of two authors bid for the work. And they said, we want you and David Wieldon. David Wieldon was my instructor back in the day. We want you and David Wieldon, uh, to to put a bid in. David Wealdon and I looked at each other and said, we've got plenty of work to do. We don't need to do this, but okay, if it will make you happy. Well, of course, we're the ones who get awarded the, the contract. And I never forget, David Wildon calls me up and there was a little bit of silence. He said, hi. I said, hi, hi, Dave. There was a bit of silence. And uh, he says, I can't repeat it. But he says, oh,
0: heck. <laughs>
1: he didn't say that. He said something else. He said, how are we going to find the time to do this? I said, I don't know, but we got to do it. So we wrote the service operation book. And I think that was probably the most difficult thing I've ever done because you're you're taking something that you have used as a guide yourself and that has been so valuable to you. And you are now writing the next version, knowing that there are probably a thousand people like you are going to be reading that. It's a huge responsibility, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put pen to paper for probably about six weeks. Wow. It was just discussion for that time. And eventually just decided, you know what? You do the best you can do. At the very worst, what you produce will be a platform for debate for the next version. I thought, yeah, I can do that. I could do that. And so we produced the service operation book. That led to the service strategy book in version three, I thought I was done, no, along comes version four and they say, strategy. I'm like, guys, I'm not the preeminent strategy scholar. There are people in Harvard and MIT and various other places that do that stuff. Go and get one of them. And they said, no, you're the guy, you wrote the version three book, you have to do the version four books. I said, okay, fine. So a group of us, fortunately there were, I think seven of us got together and wrote that. And then they said, well, my uh, next project pandemic you got nothing better to do right
0: <laughs> okay
1: here's a cloud book for you and um <clears throat> awesome so the cloud book is just being uh, is, is just in, in the process of being launched now oh, yeah. and, and that's that's the story that's how i got involved and it's just about being in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time i, I guess it's just that's what it is all right but, so- but it was a mistake i can tell you that uh, well right. at the time
0: yeah
1: now I look back and say, wow, that's the best thing that could have happened to me. But I had
0: no idea. I understand. So one last question. What guidance would you give to someone who feels miscast? You know, maybe not in HR, but somewhere else. And, and they have to, you know, they think, hey, there's something else out there for me.
1: You know, I, I think a lot about this. And I think about myself. There is no single piece of advice that anybody could have given me that would have sent me in the right direction. Right. The only thing I can say is <clears throat> I felt unhappy. I felt dissatisfied and I would not stop until I found something that challenged me, uh, who I was and where I was. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a strange character. It's, it's difficult to put me into a box. I, I kind of like to see a lot of things in perspective with one another. And so I needed something that challenged me. You know, multidisciplinary was very important for me. Um, There's not a lot of multidisciplinary jobs out there. So, you know, again, the advice I would get is just don't settle. If you feel unhappy, if you feel dissatisfied with what you're doing, keep looking, keep pushing, the right person will find you.
0: Right, and there's there's more opportunity today than there ever has been.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, of course, service management may be not quite the same because it's now become a rigorous discipline in its own right. I don't think. Well, my 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 oldest son graduated uh, with a computer science degree. I know for a fact that I wouldn't pass that today. <laughs> right, so
0: <laughs> I understand it's tough though because. You get rewarded in this world by what you do well, I think. That's, yeah. that's my base thought. But what you do well could be applied to many different scenarios. And you have to find the one that the right situation with the right leadership, the right organization to help you flourish.
1: Yeah, you know, but that's difficult because it's not easy to be in that situation. Right. It, it, it tears you apart. You, you, you feel dissatisfied. You feel unhappy. You feel unsettled. And you can't put your finger on why. And it is an incredibly difficult struggle to live through that and find something that really is a calling for you. Yep. Um, but, but I have to say, if you persist in that struggle, if you push through that, that really uncomfortable, difficult feeling, um, you know, I... I'm not a humanist. I believe there is a higher power. We won't get into who or what that is, but I believe there is a higher power. And I I, I really believe that if you put your part into pushing and don't settle in your dissatisfaction, just keep pushing through it, uh, experience it, live it, tangibly feel the pain and the discomfort as you're going through that. I, I, I think that that power will reach out to you as well.
0: I do think that our, uh, our effort to rewarded, I think our, you know, it doesn't go empty as long as we're moving in the right direction, trying to better ourselves, trying to do something worthwhile. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And it, yeah, you, you, you know, it may take several years as it did with me yeah. of wanting to become an HR manager, <laughs> you know, and, and single-mindedly pursuing that goal. And, on the one hand, I was busy doing the work, you know, and on the other hand, I was busy doing the work that would, that would be my future, and didn't even know it.
0: That's that's awesome. You know, that's yeah. awesome, David. Thank you for sharing that with us, and uh, we appreciate having you on.
1: And really good to be here, Jeffrey, and um, I look forward to many more of these discussions. Thank Some you. of them not live like
0: this. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, thank you very much, David. Have a great
1: day. Right, Jeff. For you too. Thank you.
0: Um, bye.